Okay, so we're back, and we got Jaden Holzer this week. That's probably the only time I've ever called him Jaden Holzer in his whole life. <laughs> uh, I got Jaden Holzer here. Uh, we're talking about a movie that we loved in high school that's really important to our friend group and to just our friendship, Friday Night Lights. So Friday Night Lights came out in 2004. It had a $30 million budget. How much do you think it made? 140. No, not even close. It only made $62 million, which oh, I was really? absolutely shocked by. Yeah. But it kind of makes it, sense. It probably wasn't because, a box office hit. No, because it was really critically received well from my research I'd done. But I think it's pretty heavy. That's the rewatch. Uh-huh. Is, it stuck with me how fucking heavy this movie is. We really idealized it in high school. and <clears throat> But I think it's a lot heavier than I remembered it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. That was kind of uh, what I felt too watching it again is just like, especially with, with like Mike, how much weight was on his shoulders. And there was just a lot of like factors involved that, yeah, I didn't necessarily think about the, you know, when we used to watch it in high school and stuff, but like a lot of very legitimate like life factors going on. And um, pretty much every main character had, had their own little like backstory going on of like some real life shit. Yeah. Cause I think we talked a lot about, and boobies obviously kind of the heartbeat of the movie and the focus of the movie, mm-hmm. but Billingsley has basically Chavo's the only one that seems like he's not completely mentally fucked in the head. Yeah. Everyone yeah. else is destroyed. <clears throat> And I think that's kind of how it was in real life too. I think they do a good job of portraying that, that Shava was just kind of like the calm presence in like a mist of chaos in the city. And uh, yeah, he, he goes on in, in real life and goes to Harvard and becomes a lawyer and stuff. And I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. He's a criminal, criminal defense lawyer. I think now back in. Oh, hell, oh yeah. Hell, hell, hell yeah. Chavo. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> so what stuck with you this time? that you what's different this time watching it than the millions of times we watched this before. Um, I think kind of the main thing for me, uh, that really stuck out this time was like how much emphasis there was on them winning state in that 1988 year. And obviously like I realized that the, you know, like when we used to watch it, but there were just like so many scenes where it was like, if you don't win state, that's it. And, uh, I don't, I don't know if it was a bad thing or not, but it almost got to a point when I was watching it where it was like, okay, is this, is this like <laughs> unrealistic that they're putting this much emphasis on it? But I, I don't know. I don't know if it is. I don't know if it is. Um, because it seems like the high – because did you read the book? Have you read Friday Night Lights, the book? I, di- I did in high school. I did in high school. I've yeah. never read the book, but our friend Tommy, shout out, friend of the program, has kind of explained it to me before. And it seems like – the way the town the book is essentially about how fucked up the town is and Mm -hmm. how fucked up kind of football being at the center of this world is and i think maybe that's what they're trying to show with i think they do do it way too much it's like every person's like has a state championship ring and it's just you guys gonna win it's it does get a lot yeah but i feel like the way the book has been told to me is that the whole point was football is everything in this town Mm mm-hmm it doesn't record in the in the movie, but they apparently did spend like fifty or sixty thousand dollars to charter flights to to go to games, and they like That's spent ridiculous. more. Yeah, they they like poured all their money into like the football stadium, uh, which I, I think they shared with the other high school in town. But 
uh, needless to say, like, I, I don't know if the movie is that big of an exaggeration of what the, like, the situation really was back then. And maybe, maybe still yeah. It's really sad. As I rewatch it, every time I rewatch it, I just, Booby stuff is terrible. Okay, first off, Derek Luke, who plays Booby, absolutely murders that role. He's perfect yeah. for it. So In the range, for him to go at the beginning, he's really playful. He's cocky. He's doing bill cosby impersonations in the in the weight room and then you get that scene with him and his uncle at the, which is honestly mm-hmm. one of the saddest scenes i've ever seen in any it's any high yeah. school movie yeah and especially um it's right after he gets done cleaning out his locker and he's like still putting on this face for all the other kids his age as like the superstar kid and then um yeah for him to get out to the car with like the one person who really cares about him like the only person in the city that actually cares about him and the way he breaks down and like the uncle too, like it was the uncle's whole dream too. And that is, I, th- I think for me, that is the single saddest part of the movie is how like raw and real that feels. And, and again, going back to real life, that apparently was like exactly the case when he uh, tore his ACL, they just like threw him aside. Like he was just, he was just like an animal for them. And, uh, there was a yeah, quote. So brutal. There was a quote, co- a quote from an assistant coach in real life, and they uh, said it was like talking about like killing the whole, the, like the dead horse. They just like kicked it to the side, and the the guy that was there to document it like caught it on film, and uh, yeah, they they just like they didn't give a shit about him. He he was just. Uh, they're running back and and he was like worthless to them when when he's not, and, and then he's like in I think he's in jail now. Um, the guy who wrote the book said that he's like genuinely thinks that he never got over it in life, which is exactly how they portray it in the movie. Just like this, this was all he had. This was it. And it got taken away from him because of an injury and his life was just in shambles then. Well, cause I mean, the whole point is his life is school doesn't matter. It's football is your ticket out of here. You're never going to do anything else either. Mm-hmm. They, especially with the product of their environment, which I think the movie does a good job making it show that everyone sticks around and all they care about is high school football. Mm-hmm. And these kids, basically everyone fucking hates it and they all want out. And ironically, their only ticket out is this thing that everyone's obsessive with them. It's like even um, mm-hmm. coach Gaines goes to Winchell's house. He says, do you want to get out of here? Okay, well you need to play good. Mm-hmm. It's not like your grades and Chavo to our point earlier, Chavo actually has good grades so he can just enjoy football because he knows he's getting out and this isn't his meal ticket. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, I think that the actors do such a good job, like during the games, you can like see that, that for, for like Mike and Billingsley, that they're all just like carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders. And like, that is their ticket out. Uh, and Chavo, like when he, when he plays like, he always seems like composed and uh, just like, yeah, like he's just enjoying the game and kind of in control of things. Whereas none of the other characters have that going on. You know, what stuck with me this time the most you're talking about the um, booby scene being the saddest thing, which I agree mm-hmm. with, but I think it's one of the realest portrayals at the end of the movie when they're taking the names off and they're yes. out of their cars. Cause that's we great. Both did high, that's great. Cause it's so true. You're just, yeah you are a name on a board and it sucks mm-hmm. to, cause when you're in it, you feel so important. We both did high school sports. Baseball was your thing and track was my thing. And you think you're everything to that program you're at. 
mm-hmm. then when you're gone and you go back and watch, like go to a game or something, they've moved on. You don't yeah. exist anymore. The world doesn't stop turning because you're gone. And I mm-hmm. think that stuck with me so much at the end. Yeah, no, I, that, that part is really relatable. And um, yeah, like you said, you, especially like in this town too, you grow up watching like this high school team, you follow them since you're like a little kid and then your whole life it's, it's your, once you get to high school, it's your time to shine. And then uh, the season ends and it's, it's just done and the world keeps like the high school world keeps moving. And uh, that, that was a really good portrayal of that with the, with the magnets coming off the board. I like that scene. I remember how anticlimactic, I guess you can speak more to how it was after you finished baseball, but I just remember high school state track. It's just, I got done. And they're like, hey, can we get your uniform? And I literally went to the bathroom, took it off, and just gave it to them. And they said, hey, thanks. And then I went to a Culver's and just, like, got a burger. And I was like, okay, well, it's done. This thing I'd been building up in my head was just over. And it's just so abrupt. The end is so abrupt. And the movie does a good job of the abruptness of everything. Yeah. And you, you, like, think that you're extra special to the coaches. But in reality, you're just, like – another guy through this whole process. And yeah, once you're done, once you're done, uh, they're just moving on to the next guys. I actually remember after our last high school football game, um, one of the, one of the football coaches was like, Hey, so you're going to do powerlifting. And I was like, super sad. Like my high school football <laughs> career just ended. And uh, just like in the moment of that, and I was kind of pissed off because in the locker room, I was like, just getting done showering and he's like you ready for powerlifting and it's like no i don't give a shit about powerlifting <laughs> no it's they they're it's really weird i guess to think about all the coaches i've been around even the really good coaches i think that's just how you have to mentally be wired you can't get yeah, they have to, too they attached have to. to these kids for sure yeah which is tr- it's sad to because you're 17 mm-hmm. and as you're saying you know this gigantic thing just happened to us and they're already thinking next class. Okay. I remember our junior year of football. Um, the seniors were super sad and it's, it's our year now. It's our senior year. The coaches are talking to us being like, you guys got to start getting ready. They didn't really care about the senior class outgoing. It became, Hey, you guys are the guys now. And what are you guys mm-hmm. going to do to be the guys? Mm-hmm. And it's just such a weird dynamic. And to learn that lesson so early is just, it's harsh. It's a really harsh reality. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. I also wanted to talk to you about, because I think all these young actors do a really good job, but when you rewatch this, no one really took off. No one became a huge star in the world. Who do you watch this movie and think, how the hell did that guy not turn into a mega movie star? Is there anyone? Um, what, what is the actor's name? Like, I, I was super, the uh, guy who plays Booby Miles. Derek Luke. Yeah. Like he's so perfect for the role he played in this movie. Um, like you said, just just a, like cocky, he looks like a, like a superstar being in the movie, and then just how broken he is by the end of it. I, I think he does just a fantastic job, and uh, I think Lucas Black did a great job as Mike Winchell as well. Just yeah. like I, I don't know, you, you could like sense it the whole time that he just had the weight of the world on his shoulders and like everything just felt like a task rather than anything he could ever enjoy. And I thought he did a really good job with that. So I think Mike Winchell and I think Booby are clearly the people, if I watch this movie, I'm like, Oh, they could, they could do a lot. They show the most range of 
Winchell does a really good job of showing, like you said, my life's heavy, my mom shit. When he breaks down his room with the coach, mm-hmm. that's a really you're you feel terrible for him. Yeah. Yeah. And when he when he calls his brother or sister, whoever it is, on the phone and he's like, I think you need to come back, like could really use your help and whoever it is like clearly doesn't want to come back. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you feel so bad for him. And again, he's just like it's a seventeen year old kid and uh it's real life. Like it's real life. He's trying to do what he can to support his mom and i think he sounds the most west texas as well legit he was the most legit is west texas yeah yeah Uh, he he did a good job with with the accent i like that because i feel like no one else i feel the guy that plays billingsley um garrett headland i I get what he's trying to do but i feel like Winchell. i'm like you might have actually grown up in west texas Mm -hmm. where i feel like billingsley i'm like you're doing a you're doing a thing Mm -hmm. you're trying really hard and i don't I feel like I like Billingsley's portrayal less this time than yeah. I've liked it in the past. Yeah. I, uh, I think he does. I think they, I think that they cast it pretty well with the guy um, of any of the characters. It seems like Billingsley like reaped the benefits of being like the star high school football player and just like everything that that comes with in high school. <laughs> yeah. He, he just like, like facially even, I think he just kind of looks like, like the cocky, like rough, like guy that's playing tailback for senior high school and just like trying to live it up for it. Uh, so I, I kind of liked his character. I find with him uh, the look. I'll give you that he looks the part, but there's uh, so this the line of dialogue where they're at the burp joint uh-huh. and the guy yells at him, which is super weird and has an age super great. He's like Billingsley party at Taylor's party Billingsley. At Taylor's house. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, that guy sucks. But he tells Winchell, he's like, we're going to get laid. We're going to win state, but not tonight. That little line of dialogue he does. Mm-hmm. I just thought he's – it's not good. It's not delivered well. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like he just – he sounds like he's doing a bit. He doesn't sound – I don't believe that he's actually a party animal. Yeah, yeah. I like the quote. I like the quote. Uh, he he could have done a better job of delivering that for sure. But it's kind of a cool he's a, <laughs> Yeah, he's – He's obviously the coolest one of like, who do you want to hang other than, so I want to talk about some scenes in this movie because there's some ones that are really weird and I want to kind of get into weird ones and then the ones we like. So mm-hmm. the weirdest fucking thing in the entire movie, there's two things that really stuck out to me, two sex scenes. So there's Mike Winchell sex scene at the party. Yep. I want to talk about that one first. What the fuck happened? I don't know. I don't know. He, the way he's responding to anyone who hasn't seen it, I, I guess go watch, but. He's in a bathroom. He's over the sink. He looks, I don't even know what the hell he's doing, but he looks shaken by whatever <laughs> happened. And it's so uncomfortable. It's such an uncomfortable scene. Well, the way I viewed it, it was that he was, it was probably like his first time and he was just like so nervous and worked up. And I think just like the intimacy factor for him was something that he's never experienced. And I think it was just like overwhelming for him. And who, who knows? Like they don't explain it enough to know if that's, what what the situation was but that's yeah. the way i view it and uh it was just like so unnatural for him to have sex i think <laughs> <laughs> it just the build-up to it where she just comes up to him and he's standing with preacher who's probably the worst hang of anyone that's ever existed he doesn't <laughs> yeah. talk he just sits around there and he freaks out at like the biggest moment in the movie but we'll talk about him later but they're just standing there and that girl comes up and she's just like hey prove it and then it's just they're having sex the build-up it's so unnatural with the flow of the movie. I don't mm-hmm. know if they thought 
we need a windshield. He's our lead guy. We need a sex scene with him, but it's got to fit his character. But I didn't like it at all. I don't like it. Yeah. I, it conveyed to me that he is just like an uncomfortable guy in social settings and does not know how to deal with like any sort of fame or uh, like int- intimacy. And like, it seemed like that girl was popular. I think it is kind of how they made it, made it seem. Yeah. Um, he, he just like does not ho- know how to handle the spotlight at all. And that's what I took away from that scene, but agreed with you that, the the sex scene itself was just like, and I guess oh. I don't really show it, but it was it was just like a cringe, cringy scene. He's and then okay, so second sex scene is Billingsley with his dad watch. Yeah, that's legitimately the weirdest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Dude, do you know who that actress is? Uh uh-uh. uh That was Amber Heard. No way. Yeah, yeah, it's Amber Heard. That's her first movie ever. Her first movie scene. Because not only. Okay, it's weird that his dad's just sitting there watching him about to have sex. Obviously, that's super mm-hmm. fucked up and super weird. But then they make it seem like the girl that's with Tim McGraw knows the girl Billingsley's with. And I can't yeah. tell if they're implying she's in high school, the girl that the dad's with. Um, I, I guess I didn't assume that. I think that it's just like a small enough town where people know each other type of thing. Okay, I had no idea. I was just like, why does she know it's her? It's kind of misleading. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of misleading. Um, I I kind of like that scene. It, like, it's so creepy. Just they do such a good job making it so creepy with like Tim McGraw. They just like pan up to him and he's shirtless. And the quote, it's like, Melissa, or, no, it's Maria, is that you? You sure grown up? <laughs> I hate Tim McGraw's so. I hate that he's got. I think he's drinking like a gallon of milk or like a gallon of water. He's got a gallon of something yeah. in his hand. He's just drinking it. And he wipes his face with his elbow and mm-hmm. everything about that. I wanted to skip it really bad. I was like, I know what, I know what happened. Yeah. I get it. He, and then it leads he, to him beating the shit out of Billingsley. Yeah. Yeah. That's an uncomfortable scene, but uh, Tim McGraw just with like his balding and, and just yeah. like with his shirt off, he just like looks the part of an alcoholic yeah. asshole dad. And yeah. uh, he like looks like a scary guy, like a, scary drunk guy in the movie and yeah the scene where he's like trying to like hit the ball from billingsley is is a sad scene that's so those are my two scenes that i can't if they weren't in the movie i'd exist so what are your favorite scenes then what what do you uh, i'd say we can talk about the state championship last because that's mm-hmm. obviously both our favorite team but what outside the state championship do you um, really like? i i have i have one scene that i would take out as well um oh let's hear scene, it before the champ, I think it's before the championship game, maybe just the playoffs, but when they're, when um, coach Gaines and his family are leaving Walmart and the, like, oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. creepy boosters stop him and they like threaten him. I thought it was just like over the top and they, they're basically like, if you don't win, they're like win or else. And uh, or else like, what? are you, are you murder him? Like, I, I thought it was just like over the top for how much it, and going back to like our original point, just like kind of too much for how much emphasis it was on, on winning state, especially like knowing that they're playing Dallas Carter who had like 20 some D one players. Yeah. So I, plus, I thought that they've implied that it's gains. They heavily imply that Gaines just got there. Like yeah. It's either his first yeah. or second season there. Yeah. And they're basically saying, if you don't win state that first year there, even though you're going, you're undersized, as you said, going against a division one football team, essentially, you're mm-hmm. going to get fired. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's so, a joke. But so, what that, are your favorite my, scenes? Then that's my bad scene. Um, my favorite scenes, I think, uh, the the part where they're eating that we were talking about earlier, where they're it's just um, uh, Mike and then Don and Chavo and uh, Preacher, and they yeah. are just eating like after practice, and then they're going to the to the party. But I think that whole like little scene does a good job of developing the characters. It's pretty early on in the movie. And I do like the part when the older guy with the baby comes up and makes, <laughs> and makes him take a picture with Winchell. And uh, it, it's just kind of a funny back and forth. Like Mike is so uncomfortable holding this baby. And then the guy with like a mullet, is like, we'll be back in a couple hours. If you just want to hold on to her. He's like, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I thought that was funny. And then there's a couple good, uh, good quotes with that guy too. He, you said like enjoy it. It's nothing but baby's memories from here. Yeah, that's a and good then, one. Uh, that was good. And then yeah, the bring it home, bring it home, get get you one of these. We said that a lot. Line. We said that a lot growing up. <laughs> I really so, like, I really like that in terms of development. I agree with you. I think that is the most relatable and such a realistic thing when you're in high school. Yeah, and someone older is joking around with you, and you don't think it's funny, but you're stuck in that situation. That's a real thing that happens a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And just like going out to eat with your boys after practice, like that's just a, such a common thing where just shooting the shit and, and then trying to like deliberating if they should go to the party or not. And they all yeah. have like such different personalities and Billingsley clearly wants to go. And the other two are just like uncomfortable with it, but just kind of get dragged along. It felt like a really like realistic high school scenario. Oh, that's what I thought the, um, Chavo and Billingsley at one point are just like eating in the car and they're not mm -hmm. saying anything to each other. And that's the most relatable shit ever. Cause I was just thinking about how much time you spend together with these people. And sometimes uh -huh. you're just together and you're just not, you just are sitting there and you don't have to say anything. It's just, you both wanted to shut off, but yeah. you want that person like hanging out with you. Yeah. And those guys all like clearly have been best friends playing football together forever. And yeah, like you said, you you can just like with people that you're that comfortable with, you can well, you're not very good at it, but uh <laughs> you can just like sit with them and say nothing and it's, there's just still a comfort level to it whereas if you're with anyone else it's like weird, but it's just supernatural in in that scenario to just say nothing and just be in your presence with your with your boys. I think okay, to my defense, I'd say Jamie Greenhouse, <laughs> friend of the program, if anybody knows him, he was super quiet and we were yeah. together a ton and he would just be sitting there and we wouldn't really say anything, but it was just yeah. like, Oh, we're you, just hanging you, out. Like, you didn't need him to, you didn't need him to. Yeah. We didn't need to say anything. It's just like, Hey, we have two hours till practice starts. Like, let's just chill. Mm -hmm. You just sit there in silence with your friends. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's actually like really fun, fond memories of just being uh -huh. like, let's go to little Caesars and then we'll go back to practice later. I yeah. like, and two says other good scenes. I think the practice montage that's really like right away, that's pretty sweet because you learn a ton in that montage that Booby's the shit, his uncle's a huge influence. Yeah. Billingsley can't hang on to the ball. Winchell's a like they develop all these characters so thoroughly in these little cutscenes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the little interviews I thought were a good piece. It, it like showed how much like the local media probably cared about it and. <clears throat> Yeah, I totally agree. The only part that I have an issue with, I thought some of the acting when Billingsley dad, Billingsley's dad came on the field and then he like he just like ran into a guy and fumbled the ball. I thought they were like I was and I was just really like looking out for things like that throughout the movie 
some movies are really bad when they have sports scenes where it's just unrealistic. And oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> the, the vast majority of the movie I thought was like very realistic sports scenes and, and like tackles, I suppose. But um, that practice scene, a couple of the times where Billingsley fumbled and then where his dad like threw him to the ground, they were just like, kind of bad scenes in, in my opinion, but as a whole, I agree. It, it gave us a ton of like insight into how things were back then and, and like gives us good insight into each character. I think that they do such a good, cause you're to your point, there's so many movies with sports where you just watch it. And especially like basketball, I feel like basketball movies are the worst. Yeah. You watch a basketball movie and be like, that's so not what would happen. The way the players are moving, mm-hmm. it's fucking terrible. And football movies are guilty of it a lot too. But this movie, I'd say 90% of the stuff, I'm like, oh, that looks like the way a high school player would throw the ball. That looks, yeah. looks the way a high school receiver would run a wheel route. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the hits are a little much. Yeah. But yeah. It's, fairly, it's fairly realistic, I feel like, in the movement and the speed. And it, it looks, I think they did a good job at least making it look as natural as they could. Yeah, I thought so too. And that that was one of the things I looked out for. And the, the practicing was the only time that I thought it was a little cheesy. I thought the state championship game, when Billingsley's last run, I'm like, okay, Jesus yeah. Christ. And same with Winchell's <laughs> run. Those yeah. are like two plays where I was, are these guys all world? How is how is Mike Winchell only got a fucking scholarship to Kansas Westland? <laughs> yeah. He's like playing like that. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Yeah, especially Billingsley just dislocated his shoulder, and he's getting the shit kicked out of him on that last run. Yeah, he, he just murders everyone. Yeah, realistically, it was just a bad play call. It's just yeah. a bad play call. Hey, we're twenty-five yards out with eight seconds left. We're running a fullback dive. Sounds like something our high school coaches would do. Yeah, you don't say. <laughs> it's okay. We're just gonna run fullback dive. It's gonna be great. If everybody blocks well, it's gonna be great. Like, yeah, oh, shit. they they like him to Larry Zonka. It's like, oh, I bet. I don't know about that. Yeah, there's no fucking way. I also think, besides the um, the car breakdown scene with Booby, I think when he's getting the MRI at Midland Lee and he's with the doctor, I mm-hmm. really like that scene for him where he's just, he's basically starting to come to grips with the fact that your career is over. You're not the person you wanted to be. And he's just freaking out on the doctor and he's grabbing it. He's like, you're from Midland. I, I love that. Yeah. You can definitely sense like that's the first instance where he can feel that like things are actually crashing down on him. And he's just like has to lash out to this doctor. And it, it's like a, a really irrational response, but I, I think like realistic at the same time. Um, and then LV is just kind of like staying in the background, doesn't really know what to do, but yeah. Do we like the uncle? Um, like how they portray him, or if he's like like morally, I'm just saying if he. Morally. I'm just saying morally. Yeah, I'm just saying. Do we do we think he's a do we think he actually has Booby's best interest, or is he looking at Booby as a meal ticket? Um, I think he generally had his best interests. I think he was too deep down like the football only path, but. I don't, I don't know what the situation is with Booby's parents, but LV clearly like takes him under his wing and loves him and like bring, like raises him up. And like, obviously he should have like the best case scenario would he, he would make him like do school and stuff and care about other things other than football. But in terms of like making him feel 
like he's a, a worthwhile human and stuff and, and giving them the time of day. I, I think overall he's a good person. Um, I but think he, the thing he, that I mean, bums me out the most. Let him play on the bat knee. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. That's the part that bums me out the most is he knows his ACL is torn. Yeah. He was at the doctor in Midland Lee. They're in coach Gaines's office and he lets him go back out there. Mm-hmm. And that, that's when I was, I was skeptical at the introduction of him with, you know, you're getting the, he's talking to all the scouts if he can pass, which is hilarious. He can pass, which is amazing. But you can tell he's really blowing up. He's gassing up Booby. And then when Booby's at his lowest point, he basically says, hey, you need to get back out there. You can't get back out there. Mm -hmm. And then I think he does a good job after the fact of when Booby breaks down. Yeah. To his credit, he doesn't just say, hey, I'm going to dump you on the side. He embraces them, and it's an emotional bond between the two of them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like LV has much of anything either. So, I, th- I mean, I think he hoped that Booby was their ticket out. Uh, and so there, I think there's just for sure a level of desperation on his part too with letting him play on the bad knee, which is unfortunate coming from a 50-whatever-year-old guy. But um, they they both just shared the desperation at that time, I think, of of wanting to make it work when it when it clearly was not going to work. But uh, I th- I think overall he's he's good character and yeah the 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 scene um, at the end where or when they're in the car and he's just embracing him it, it was it really felt like a shared dream not like not really that uh, LV wanted like the money that would come with it but I think his satisfaction in life just came solely from Booby performing well and being happy through football and when all that came crashing down, I think there was just a, a level of desperation on his part too. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And it's cool to see when Booby gets back on the bus and basically says, Hey, I'm injured. by one I really enjoy him coming back and he wants to be there at the state championship game. And when he's telling kind of Ben Billingsley, he's like, Hey, cover up, roll with it. Mm-hmm. It's really cool to see um, his arc of, he's so only about himself at the beginning mm-hmm. to see him finally care about the other guys and want them to succeed. Yeah. I think, I think there's maybe a line or two to Comer as well, where he's like, it's like really the first time they ever show him being nice to Comer. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that, that is a good like way to wrap up Booby in the movie is that he did come around to be a sportive teammate and that part of it is nice. Are you a fan of the coin flip scene and the coin flip concept? Um, I didn't like that they like misread the tales for Abilene Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> that seemed just like unrealistic too, but that was a real thing that happened was the three-way tie and two teams made in with a coin flip and they actually met at a truck stop. So, which is so <laughs> dumb. It's like, I get that it was a long time ago, but how is that your rules? Like, figure something so out. So, what were the three teams again? Who are the three teams? That, is it Midland Lee? Um, in the in the movie, it's Midland Lee and Abilene Cooper, I think. Okay, and okay, no day. In in real life, there was one other. It was I, I don't think it was Abilene Cooper. It was some other team. And I don't know why they switched it in the in the movie, but uh, that was a real thing that happened. Is that they had the coin flip, and I think it was Midland and Permian that that got in. So Texas, in that regard, I like it. It seems like it has the weirdest system of shit like that. Texas is yeah. wild west. 
Another part that was weird too was when they were getting to the championship and then trying to decide um, where to play the game. And I thought that that was maybe just like a weird movie thing that they threw in to place it at the Astrodome. But they did do that as well in real life is like decide. I, I don't remember. I was reading up on it a little bit, but they at some point decided if they're going to have home or away game or they had to have like a certain amount of votes to decide on a neutral field. Like it didn't seem like it was planned out very far in advance at all. <laughs> that's, so, that's a, and Texas is so big too that, yeah, I mean, you can have a team from Houston and fucking Odessa play each other and mm-hmm. that's a long fucking ways apart. Or you could have a yeah. team in Dallas and San Antonio play each other and that's like a 10 hour commute either. Yeah. Way. Yeah, so I I thought right away that was like that's probably just like some stupid movie stuff they did to increase drama, but a lot of the components of that were were real. But as a whole, I liked I really liked um, like uh, Mike and Gaines' dialogue in the car going to the coin flip, where Mike just talks about being cursed and basically it's just like a woe is me, like everything I do sucks and is doomed from the beginning, and then Gaines flips the coin, turns around to mike and he's like ain't no curses and i thought that billy, was cool. that billy bob thornton who we haven't really talked about yet is coach Gaines. so i mean let's just dive into it he's really fucking good i'm yeah. kind of surprised he didn't get an oscar nom or because this movie got no nomination for any award uh-huh. but i thought billy bob thornton should have got something i think he's everything he's doing is perfect he's so subtle but yet he's like really in the coaching scenes where he's a hard ass Everything he's doing works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't remember which game it is. Maybe, maybe it was the Midland game. They show at halftime where he's just screaming at the players. And yeah. he's like, do you think you're playing football? Do you think you're playing football? And I, I think he does such a good job of that. And he has like, he always says like, dang gummit. And like stupid little stuff that I feel like coaches always say stuff like that. It wasn't like full on swearing, but it, it was just like, Damn, you know, like stuff like that, and I, I thought I thought he did a good job of. I thought they do a good job of showing that he like really cares, but then towards the end of the movie, he seems to be getting fed up with how much like the boosters and stuff uh, care about only winning. And I, we'll probably get to this here in a sec too. But the halftime speech um, in the championship game kind of wraps up like everything that happens in the movie with all the the story arcs and. It was, I think, a scene where he is coming to peace with just, like, how he feels that everyone is throwing their whole heart and soul into this. And I think he sensed that in himself, too. And he's like, if I can do everything I can to win this game and, like, coach these boys to the best of my ability, then then we're all winners here. And I thought that speech – that speech is obviously, like, a pretty crucial moment in the movie. But I, I think that's a really wonderful point in the movie. Give me Al Pacino's speech on any given Sunday and give me Coach Gaines at halftime on Friday Night Lights and I will run through a goddamn brick wall. Both yeah. those speeches. I it's think goosebumps. It is goosebumps because it's, it's so cool and it's, I think you're so true of it works in the plot really well where it's at the very beginning, he, his first speech that we see to the team in the circle of the practice montage is, you guys are going to win state. Like you need to you be will perfect. Win state. Yep. Yeah. You will win state. You will be perfect. And then at the end of the movie, he basically has what the, his definition of perfect is. I feel like has evolved from the shitty Changed. scene. Yeah. Yeah. So it's no longer winning state makes you perfect. It's 
hey, if you can look everyone in the eye and know you gave everything you had, then who gives a shit if you won or lost? Like, you're perfect. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that entire speech is amazing. Yeah. The, the quote is, with clear eyes and love in your heart, joy in your heart. If you can do that, you're perfect. Put each other in your hearts forever because forever is about to happen in just a few moments just a few minutes and that that last line too like ties together so well the the notion that this is like all they live for and after this it's all downhill uh (laughs) yeah that's just such a such great line i think some of my favorite billy bob thornton scenes in the movie are actually okay speech number one but outside of that i think him at booby's house the dinner before the first game and Mm -hmm. then him at mike winchell's house talking to mike about Hey, you need to get out of here. Like, you're at some point, your mom's gonna take care of herself. Like, what's your problem, man? Like, kind of, are you okay? And I think both those scenes, you see that he shows a lot of range. As you said, uh-huh. he's not just this kind of asshole who's only worried about winning. Like, he's in his quarterback bedroom, sitting on a bed, being like, "Are you all right mentally? Like, what's going on?" Yeah, the I love that scene too with Winchell, and it seems like right away he went there because he's like pissed off at how Mike is playing and, and just knows that like his mind is clouded. And I think right away he goes there to just like tell Mike to toughen up basically. And then he's kind of walking away and then he kind of stops and looks back and he just like sees like a broken teenage boy and comes back and basically tells him in like a more human way that if you want to get out of here, you're like, we need you and you need to rely on yourself. And the, the first, the first bit of that, that uh, whole speech was more like, get your shit together. Uh, yeah. And then comes back and it's more like, you can pick yourself up and you're going to like, you can do it with joy in your heart. Basically like you'll find a lot of gratitude if, if you can figure out how to pick yourself up and you can get out of here and take care of yourself someday. And it was more, it was much more like human talk the, the second time when he comes back. And yeah. and yeah, Mike has tears in his eyes and it felt like a really real scene. Yeah. That one that I love that scene. And I think you're so true. It's there's the version of him before he gets off the bed. And then when he comes back and kind of realizes, cause he it basically looks in at the mom's room, she's mm-hmm. her TV going. And then I think he's kind of, he's looking around and he's probably thinking to himself, okay, like what has this kid's experience has been? I need to meet him where he's at, not where yeah. I want him to be. Which yeah. I think is a good lesson for coaches in general, probably, is it's really easy to just be like, hey, why'd you fuck up that play? Why'd you miss that block? And sometimes it's legitimately because kids are it's brain fart or you're not disciplined. Mm-hmm. But sometimes there is like a lot more shit going on with people. And I mm-hmm. think, especially high school coaches, you almost have, I think you do have a duty to kind of go out of your way to make sure people are okay, like yeah. in the, me- mentally okay. Yeah, and he he seemed in in that end part that he's trying to, like, mold Mike as a man rather than just his quarterback. And I I thought that was – and it seemed like that was really kind of the the turning point for Mike. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because I think after that, then they go on the the win streak. Yeah. Okay, the state championship game, um, the first half seems kind of – they're just getting the shit kicked out of them. Yeah. And somehow the score isn't that bad. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, I think they could have done a better job of making it look a little more even. The first half, the way it's filmed, you're like, oh, they're down 40, like nine to nothing. Yeah. Well, I think it's the first two plays 
Is it is it the kickoff or the first offensive snap? So the kickoff, Comer tries to take out the end zone, gets his shit rocks. Yeah. And then the first offensive play, I think it's a turnover and touchdown for Dallas Carter. And then like the first offensive play for Dallas Carter is like a gigantic touchdown, and they're like doing backflips and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I just feel like the state championship game, it's such a big part of like that's basically the whole third act is just the last thirty minutes of the movie. It's an hour forty five movie. And last like 30 minutes is just the game. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the game, they really played it up. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the Astrodome is fucking full. Yeah. The, it's such a cool scene. Um, it, it's like such a great pump-up scene. It makes you want to go play football right that away. That song. That the song that plays. When, when Winchell is walking out of the tunnel, like into the field. And there's, yeah, there's 50,000 people. And like Mike Winchell is pump, pumping up people. Like you can tell he's hyped of all people. Uh, that just like gets you going. The, the song is so good for the moment. I can't think of what that song's called, and I couldn't like find it. But that it's, song, it's "New Noise" by. Oh Rashid. really? Yeah. That song is a hype song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you hear but, that and you're like, "Shit, okay." Like, if you walked out to a state championship game, text that song. Yeah, there's no way you wouldn't be Mike Winchell just like losing your mind. Mm-hmm. They did such a good job of hyping up like how big of the moment it is in high school sports and they do get crowds like that. Don't they, do they play it at the Cowboy stadium? Uh, well, so now they do most of the state. I think all of them are in Texas stadium now. Cause I remember Jerry okay. Jones's grandson was like one of the quarterbacks and he played in Texas stadium for like a state championship yeah. game, and won, yeah. which was cool. And now he's uh-huh. a quarterback at Arkansas, which is shitty, but, um, I think all of them are there. I don't think it depends on class. I think they're all just okay. in Texas Stadium. Yeah. Which and makes sense. Yeah. And the, you, like you've seen pictures and stuff of recent high school football championships in Texas, and it's genuinely full stadiums, which is really cool. So my, uh, my dad, shout out Gil, uh, he played high school football in Texas, um, and he was in the biggest class. So he was in the class with Odessa and Midland Lee. Um, That's right. And so he has talked to me kind of about these West Texas teams. He would always talk. He's always tell me you'd hear about Midland Lee when I was in high school and you'd hear Midland Lee's fucking insane. And those West, West Texas schools. And he said, when they play them, it was like the entire town, like it's not an exaggeration that the entire town comes. Mm-hmm. And I've always just, it's so crazy for me to hear him talk about that stuff with how psychotic some places of Texas are about football. Like it is no lie that, yeah. Business is shut down on Fridays and okay, we're driving to the game. Yeah. I love that they showed that too. They did for multiple games where they showed the the business fronts and they would have written on there like closed, gone to the game or like at state and gone to state. That's super realistic too for like small town stuff. I, that was a really nice touch that they put in the movie. Oh yeah, I think I think they do such a good job of everybody's life and because I think the whole point is is Odessa kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. There's literally nothing there. It's an oil, like super blue collar oil town that's pro- like pretty low income. And you have to be, ex- you have to have something to love mm-hmm. or else life's just too depressing. And so yeah. they can play football well. So it's like, yeah. okay, we're all in on the one thing that we have that other places don't have, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is really yeah. sad. And I think they do a good job too of contrasting like Dallas Carter's kind of situation versus, um, like Odessa where it's Dallas Carter is that 
Dallas school that has a shit ton of D1 guys. Mm-hmm. And Odessa is kind of maybe one or two of the guys could play like small time college football, but yet mm-hmm. somehow they're like competitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, back to the championship game, they make uh, Dallas Carter look to be so intimidating. I thought they did a pretty <laughs> good job of that. And it, it's a cool scene when they show Permian like running onto the field and then like the huge lineman for Dallas Carter just walk through the paper thing and they're like barking and stuff at, at Permian. They, they do a pretty good job of, of making them seem like a really badass high school football team. But that's how it is. In high, I mean, some schools are just bigger, stronger, faster. And uh-huh. somehow, like, I think there's this – in high school, if there's like a co- – if you have like a cohesiveness about you and you're the under-talented team, you can compete with these teams that are like bigger, stronger, faster. Uh-huh. And each level you go up, that obviously gets way harder to do. But I feel like in high school – it was realistic to me that Odessa could play with Dallas Carter because it's a bunch of small town kids that have played together for their entire lives. And there's a value to that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I saw that, I think I saw that even in South Dakota high school football where it's guys that have played together a long time. It's you can, there's just, you understand the language of like the body language and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They do a good job with that for sure. For sure. Do you think this movie do you think it's aged well? Do you think in 2020 the movie could be made the exact way it was in 2004? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it does. Uh, it's still such a close sentiment to the things that people deal with in their own high schools. I think it'll always be relatable. Um, again, just like South Dakota, just small towns, um, just kind of live and breathe by their, their high school teams. And they don't have like – a lot of these teams don't have a college in town. So it's their high school team that they go to and care about on the weekends. And uh, that I don't think has aged out by any means. Um, I, and I was, I was just talking to my roommate. He has a cousin that played for um, one of the teams, Bridgewater that played in state championship a couple of days ago in South Dakota. And they have like, they had like all seniors on the team and <clears throat> they lost like 18 to 14 is a really good game, but we were talking about it after the game, just how like people in the city going into the year, just know that they have a good team and like a good shot at winning the state this year. And especially in small towns like that, like you just kind of know that if you don't win it this year, it could be 20 or 30 years before you have a team that could make it to state again. So you do put a lot like on those kids and I think that will always resonate with a lot of people that like this, with this team, they made it out to be like all these seniors. They had booby miles coming into the year. Like expectations are so high and <clears throat> like the only thing to do is win state. And if it's not, it's a disappointment. And then who knows when they're going to like be back at it. It could be forever. Um, and so I, I, I kind of think that development and the way they portrayed that in the movie, like sticks with a lot of people. I think too, I think it's super woke actually. And my arguments to its wokeness are essentially, it talks a lot of mental health stuff way ahead yeah. of when that stuff was even being really talked about in the culture of mm-hmm. a lot of this is what's the mental health effect on these kids of what we're doing to them. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think it's, it's really interesting to rewatch this movie because so my roommate came out for the final scene and had never seen the movie, but he just was kind of watching and he's like, oh, well, obviously they're going to score a touchdown on this last play. 
Mm-hmm. And I was, I was kind of just looked at them, you know, like, okay. And then they don't. And it's so heavy. And then it transitions right to, it's over. And he kind of sat there and I could tell he's kind of like surprised. And I feel like this movie is way heavier than people either remember or give it credit for. And I just think it's aged really well. Of, hey, like, what are we doing to these kids? Why are we putting football above their academics? Mm-hmm. What happens, Booby Miles? when all you have is your athletics and you have nothing left to fall back on. I feel like mm-hmm. those are such woke, cool concepts that would work really well in 2020. And I think is what worked about the TV show, even though I never really watched it. Yeah. I never watched that. Yeah. Never watched the TV show, but I think it's yeah, kind of like one tree hill for high school football, but it seems like, yeah, but yeah, you're right. They talk, they touch a lot on like economic disparities and there's a little bit of like racial stuff. Uh, and yeah. I know that was, I think even a bigger component in real life than how they do it in the movie. Uh, and then just, yeah, the, the small town feel of it. Um, just a lot of people relate to it. And I don't think that'll ever go out. Yeah. Cause there's that scene that's really like, I can't believe I didn't remember it, but um, to the race thing, it's like right before the season starts and one of the donors wives or one of the oh, donors yeah. themselves, yeah. she drops the N word and is telling him basically you need to play booby back and like, that both ways and I just kind of was like Jesus like and you can see coach James's face but I think from my understanding of what the book's about though there was a lot of race stuff in there was Texas in the Odessa community of kind of hey yeah we you talked about it a little bit to, we build up booby but the second he can't be this athlete anymore we chuck him to the side mm-hmm. which is really messed up and was happening mm-hmm. and I think that happens I don't even think I think that still happens to this day. And I think it's a universal thing that still happens to people is, is they get built up and think about some of these college football players are good examples of college running backs that blow out their knees. And then it's like, okay, see ya. You're, I'm trying to think of that South Carolina guy that it, it happened to when we were. In oh yeah. God, I can't think of his name. Yeah. But exactly. We can't remember, but he was such a big <laughs> deal at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And to the, to the point, his, his life, he had an insurance policy on his knee, which helped, but uh-huh. his career was over. Yeah. What did he have for it? He had a year at like South Carolina or wherever he was playing. Like, uh-huh. it's, yeah, such a, it's, just, it's just the next man in mentality. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's, that's football. The interesting thing about football, I think is it's such a team sport. Like it's the ultimate team sport mm-hmm. of 11 guys each have to do their job or you're fucked. Mm-hmm. And so there's such a next man up mentality with injuries where like to our to our high school experience our friend tanner breaks his leg our senior year and it's kind of like yeah it sucks but okay we need another quarterback and yeah Yeah. it's like we subbed in a guy and we tried our best to it was like okay this is the situation you accept it and you move on Uh uh-huh yeah and there's there's like you have to strike a balance between like disposing them as a as a meaningful human, which that's what they do with booby. Whereas yeah, in real life, the mentality on the football field is the, you know, next man in got to keep going. Like the season can't end with this one injury. We have a full season to play still, but uh, the, the, the kid who got hurt still has to be like a key component to what you have going on um, camaraderie wise. And Obviously, just in general, too, like, they have to have more in life than, than football, and they can't just die with yeah, their I, And Booby, I mean, 
it, they make it seem like even like reading stuff is like really hard for him. And he does say like, I got straight A's and he's like, I'm an athlete. I get straight A's, which uh-huh. I'm assuming that, I mean, we know that should happen because look at like the North Carolina basketball situation. I mean, yeah. this is very well. And even I've seen athletes at, I was at a division two school and I've seen athletes kind of get, kind of pass through the system mm-hmm. at a liberal arts division two school in South Dakota. And you went to Nebraska yeah. and I've heard stories about the Nebraska football guys. So I think this whole passing guys along while I wish it wasn't a thing. So I think everyone kind of knows it happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Football definitely still comes first. It always takes priority above everything else. And people are willing to put a lot aside and, uh, turn a blind eye to a lot of other shit to make sure their football team is, is well ran. So that, and that's why I, yeah. And that's why I like Friday night light so much is cause it's like, okay, what it's such an ethical, why are we doing this? Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. The stadium is money and football is bringing money, but like, what are we doing? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and I, I really like that. Would you change? Would you rewrite anything? Would you change anything around? Would you, I think the football, I kind of wish the state championship game was shorter and we got more of kind of the journey. I think that's personally my rewrite. Yeah. Um, that was really the only thing I had to, it was kind of weird that they like completely brushed through the whole playoffs, which I don't, I don't know, like, I guess what they would have thrown in otherwise, but it did seem slightly imbalanced between how much they had on the championship game versus the rest of the playoffs and the rest of the season as a whole. Um, that was kind of my only nitpicky thing. But other than that, besides like we had mentioned, like one or two scenes that were a little weird, I didn't, I couldn't really think of anything that I would rewrite about it. I don't think. Yeah. I just think, cause I was looking, I was playing the movie on HBO max and I was like, Oh, they're already at the state championship game. Like that felt uh-huh. quick. And I was like, Oh, there's still like 35 minutes left in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Jesus Christ. It's like a third of the movie is just on this last game. Like it moves quick with the mo- practice montage okay movie does movie. Quick. and then it's like playoff like you get the four game winning streak montage which leads right into like the playoffs montage like it's it's just all happening and i would have give me make the football game at the end like 15 minutes less and give me like 15 more minutes of booby and call like booby in school or like the football guys like in like interacting in school more because you really never get a taste of how they're treated other than Billingsley getting like a Rice Krispie treat. Like you never really get yeah. a sense of what's their life really like in the walls of the school, mm-hmm. not just in the town, but specifically. Yeah. And I, I liked some of the like less important scenes where like they were just lifting weights and the mm-hmm. interaction between Booby and like Billingsley and Winchell. Uh, that was like just a, like a real life scene, like guys just like goofing off, lifting weights and like, booby kind of making fun of everyone else like the hot shot just like kind of being a douche to the rest of the players on the team and like they do such a good job in those little scenes of just like making it like a realistic i guess scenario of what a actual weight room would look like just a bunch of like immature teenagers like giving each other shit and i thought that was like a really realistic scene so i I think there could have been like a couple more of those yeah i think i love when you get kind of a sense of the culture of like Walker, like what you're like with the team is when you're 17, I think they do a good job. Like some of the guys are loud and kind of making fun of people. Some mm-hmm. of the guys take it really, really serious and don't want to like football is life. We had friends that 
you know, were really loose before games. And then we had friends that were headphones were on or mm-hmm. just don't talk to me. Like this is serious. And I think they do a good job of kind of showing those conflict windshield versus booby essentially. And yeah, kind of being in the middle of it. Uh huh. Yeah. No, I think that's good. So this movie is really heavy and sad, but it's really rewatchable and fun. Mm-hmm. And like, why do you think it's so rewatchable? Like there's nothing about this movie that it's serious. There's like a lot of, we've talked a lot about like darker themes. So why is it so easy to just hop into it and be like, enjoy it so much? It seems like a weird thing, I guess, to me that we enjoy this thing so much that actually has like really heavy themes. Yeah. Uh, I think as we've mentioned, it's at least relatable to us having played high school football, just the d- dynamics of like growing up with your buddies and then you get to your senior high school. And we obviously did not put our whole life into high school football. Like we knew that we were going to go on and do other better things after high school football. But um, at the same time you get to your senior year and it is like, you know, this is it, you know, me and you are not going to play football after high school. So we have two months to kind of be on top of the world in our world per se. And uh, we kind of just have to live it up and, and see what we can make of it here and try and enjoy every second. So I, I think that uh, relates well. And I don't, I mean, I think people can, outside of just football, I think that really goes towards any high school sport that you play. Most people don't go on to play uh, beyond high school. So it's just like a stage of life where uh, you kind of grow up and eventually you're going to go your separate ways, but you grow up playing the same sports with all these kids for all these years. And there's a lot of expectations uh, in that final year to get things done. And there, there is kind of a finality to it um, that I think the, the movie really hits on well. So I think that's part of it. And uh on that it's just like a good football movie like we had mentioned the the actual play of football is well done um and just has good characters like booby's a fun character uh billy bob thornton does a really good job and mike winchell's good character uh yeah i don't know i don't know i think that i think we love it because it is just I have really good memories of that time of my life and mm-hmm. we really enjoyed that time. And I think in that moment, we'd watch Friday night lights, like as a friend group, she's like, Oh my God, like how sweet is this? Like we're, this, we're in the same moment as they are mm-hmm. in this movie. And it takes you back to this really happy, pretty carefree time in your life where there's really the, your worries aren't really that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Like nothing you're like, if you're going to play, like, like everything isn't as important as it is to you in that moment, but yeah. it feels so big at the time. Uh-huh. And it is really funny to look back and think of that time. And there is a finality to it. I mean, I had really good friends on the football team that were just friends during football season. Yeah. yeah. And then football season would be over. And, you know, I still, if we bump into them in two falls or if I'm at a bar and I see them, it's, fun to talk about those stories but mm-hmm. they were your friends for that moment and then there was a finality to okay like you're gonna go play like you wouldn't play baseball I was doing track and you were not around your friends as much and people just are living different lives and mm-hmm. it's, it's fun to look back that's what I like so much about as I said before yeah that last scene when Chavo and Winchell and them were just kind of like okay see you man 
Mm-hmm. It is kind of like that. It's like, okay, Jaden's going to go play baseball. Tommy's going to go play tennis. And Chris mm-hmm. is going to go do track stuff. And it's like, okay, see ya. Like, we'll still be friends, but like, you've got to do your other shit. Uh-huh. And there, there is certainly a nostalgia to high school football. Like, I think everyone who plays it, there just is a nostalgia to high school football. And uh, somebody who there, – there are a lot of old people – who have won a state championship and still like weirdly talk about it. And it's just such a sense of pride for a lot of people. And there's still a lot of 25 year olds that won a state championship to talk about it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Now, but I mean, even like 60 year olds and people yeah. still talk about like the old, you know, Orem teams or the old Washington teams, uh, the old Permian teams. It just like, it does high school football championships, like do stick in cities kind of, kind of forever, kind of forever. And they just do such a good job of portraying that in this movie and just making it relate to so many cities and small little towns where, you know, you can look back and say, oh yeah, we won state back in 88. And people just don't forget about that stuff. If you, if you stay in a town, uh, people just like do remember their high school football teams and like the good teams, they kind of, they kind of live in infamy forever. And, uh, that's that's how they they do a really good job in the, in this movie of of like amping it up to that level. The point of the movie is is you shouldn't put all your eggs in you know the basket of athletics shouldn't be uh-huh. your only thing. But I mean, to athletics credit, I think what people enjoy about all athletics is to witness like Booby, for example, really just to witness greatness and to know you're witnessing something that's gonna go on and be a big deal somewhere else when you're mm-hmm. in like these small kind of shittier towns. I think there's something really cool about just seeing something and you're like, this is special. Like I'm witnessing something special. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, the flaw being, if you only think athletics is the only way you can do that, I think obviously that's the flaw. But to the other flip side of that coin is, is it's really cool when you do see like athletic achievements that are, special and you know like you look around you're like how am i witnessing this in like south dakota there is something really cool about that yeah and the other thing too is that sports in general do a great job of teaching life lessons and sports do bring adversity to your life and you have to deal with them and you have to deal with them a lot of times sometimes on your own but sometimes in a group setting and that's that was really i guess one of the things that i took away from this whole uh movie was that yeah it's a sad ending but everybody kind of in a way like all the characters come to a resolution after that championship game uh mike like winchell like finds uh, a confidence in himself that he's never had and the the final scene with him finally smiling after he throws the football away you can just like sense the inner peace he has just knowing that he like did everything he could and just like went out and put it on the line with his boys and you can sense the inner peace with him. Uh, Billingsley like finds peace with his dad and there's like a resolution to their family situation after that. And the, the scene that's probably my favorite scene in the movie when after the game, when his dad comes down and puts the ring on his finger. Yeah. I think that's like a really good scene. Uh, j- just that they finally have a moment where they can like relate and his dad is finally proud of him. Uh, Preacher, he like finally finds his voice like in football. He, he finds confidence to like speak his mind finally. And even for gains, like we had mentioned earlier for the coach, just to put more of an emphasis on 
teaching like young men how to be men and be proud of themselves and put more emphasis on like just their effort in life rather than the end result. Uh, and so, yeah, they, they didn't win the, the championship game, but in a lot of different ways in, in, in Booby too, uh, where he becomes more selfless at the end with pretty much every main character, they come to a resolution with whatever like life issue they're facing. And it's all because of this sport that they have in front of them. So, uh, the, the the lessons that you learn from football and the adversity, I, I think that is a big reason why it resonates with us is because they, they translate to a lot of other things in life. Yeah, I think it's stupid and simplistic to think that sports are just mindless, idiotic yeah. things. I think yeah. that's a really stupid perspective. But I also think it's really stupid to also your entire life to be only that sport. I think there's sure. the whole point of the movie is, like you said, it's finding balance. It's being able to, you know, come to grips with who you are and what you are. And sports can, I don't know, I like have learned a ton of lessons yep. from just overcoming adversary, overcoming adversity. How do you deal with criticism? How do you deal with failure? You know, stepping back up after you've been kind of kicked in the teeth. I mean, there are really important lessons that are ingrained in sports. And I think, you know, I think each side of, there's bad arguments on each side for why it's not. And I think it's, if you use sports correctly, I think it can be a powerful tool to helping you find a path in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that's a, I think that's a poetic way to, to, to end this. And I, uh, I'm glad we finally got, we've been talking about doing Friday night lights together for a while. I, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed talking about this movie with you. Me too. I appreciate you having me on. It was, it was a blast. It was, it was fun to watch the movie again. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I've watched the movie since high school. So right. it, it was, it was fun to just live it back again and, and get to talk about it with you. Yeah, no, uh, only good things. And, uh, Jaden, just keep grinding, doing your thing, buddy. And, uh, we'll see you. We'll see you guys next time. We'll have to do another, maybe sports related. I there's a couple of baseball movies that I kind of might want to do with you. So just, yeah. you, you're going to be on the deck for those. Absolutely. I'll be here. Okay. Peace out, everyone.